0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Performer Talks. I'm your host Bethany Unwin and before we get started with today's episode I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's gone over to iTunes and left us a review and anyone who shared our podcast on social media. Our aim is to reach as many performers as possible, making the arts accessible to everyone by providing free information for performers. If you haven't already and you love our episodes, please do head on over to iTunes Idolized and leave us a review or share us and tag us Lara on social Laura yeah. is an actress Denny's with many West End and credits, you so it's a pleasure to have her on the show. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I would love for all the listeners at home for you to tell them a bit about who you are and what you get up to.
1: Okay, so as you said, my name is Laura Denning and um, I primarily work in musical theatre as an actress. Um, For the past couple of years, I've been in Matilda. I've kind of been in Matilda quite a few times. I've been a bit greedy with that one. Um, I played Miss Honey and then I played Mrs Um, Wormwood, Mrs Bucket and Charlie the Chocolate Factory, Um, most recently before COVID happened, I was playing Miss Hedge in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. So yeah, primarily in musical theatre, really. Some TV stuff, but I do love the kind of vibe of theatre, so I tend to steer towards that instead.
0: Amazing. That's quite an amazing list of credits. Um, (laughs) so as you say, you've got this amazing list. So what credit would you say is the one that shaped you the most if you could pick one that you learned the most from which contract would that be and why
1: i think um it's a really good question i think based on the fact that it was so uh, far away from who i was and who i am as a person i think it has to be miss honey and matilda just because up Up until that point, up until I went into Matilda, I had always been the kind of brashy, funny one that went out there and did you know the eleven o'clock number and all that stuff, and you know, not really showing much vulnerability, just based on who I was as casting wise, I guess. And then for some reason, Luke Shepherd, the amazing Luke Shepherd, who I then went on to work with in Adrian Mole, he kind of saw this vulnerability in me and he was like, hmm, let's let's have a look at you doing honey." And I was like, oh, okay. All right. um, Okay. And then I just went, oh, I don't think I can do this. And it really stressed me out. I worked really hard on it, really, really hard on it. And then I suddenly, I spoke to my husband, who was my uh, boyfriend at the time. And he just said, listen, you know, you're very vulnerable. You are vulnerable. People are vulnerable. That's who they are. You know, people, people have different sort of um, parts of them. So dig deep into that part. So and I did, and it was really, really brilliant. And then then I went on to play more vulnerable roles because I then knew that and casting directors knew that and um, it kind of went from there. But I think that was the big, that was a big moment for me where I went, oh, I'm not just in one box, I can be in lots of boxes, which was quite fab, you know, quite fun.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And because I know you as well, I think it's so funny because you, you are this confident, bubbly, funny person. But also you do have that really warm side, but I suppose it was probably really hard to, like, let people who you don't know in. How did you find was the best way to help you get through that? I think,
1: uh, yeah, I think those closest to me know that I'm quite, um, I'm quite introvert sometimes like that that sounds really it sounds really crazy for me to say it because I'm a total extrovert like <laughs> I really am as you know but I I do have this introvert side of me for instance when I when I was getting married I had this breakdown about the fact that I had to walk down the aisle and I'd be the center of attention I got really like quite stressed about it and everyone around me was like but babe you know you're so you know you're so confident all the time And I was like yeah I know but I play characters that's what I do I don't I don't I don't Laura Denning is, I'm confident and I'm happy and I'm, you know, fairly joyful at times, apart from this year. Um, and, um, but I do have that side to me that's quite kind of, oh, I just like, I like reading books and I like just chilling out and just being really kind of chilled. So I guess I dug deep into that side of me as much as possible, but I, I, I did find it really difficult. I did find it really difficult showing off that side to me to a wider, a wider audience, I guess literally <laughs> to a wider audience of people. But I think once you do that, you realize that actually you're stronger for it rather than weaker. I used to think I was, I used to think that was a weakness to show vulnerability and actually now at, you know, having gone through that kind of process and, and you go through life, you just get older, don't you? I've kind of realized that actually being vulnerable is really cool and strong and great, you know, and show it off because it's, it's really freeing when you do
0: so mean? absolutely and i think it is it is a really hard part about being a performer you have to be allow yourself to be that vulnerable and show yourself for who you really are within the character and that can be like the most tricky part of yeah. any performance so i 100% yeah. get it it's just so difficult to but once you've broken down that barrier like you say it's so much easier to then tap into that in a safe way again
1: Yeah, it is. And I think with vulnerability is every time you walk into an audition, you feel vulnerable. And I guess that's the reason why I was so comfortable in playing those kind of brashy characters is you can hide behind this kind of, well, I'm playing a brashy character, so in this audition, I'm going to be brashy and that's what I'm going to give off. But actually walking into an audition room with a character like Honey or Bucket or those kind of characters you're you're totally vulnerable to everything because your character is vulnerable to everything and then you realize that wow my god i'm i'm in this audition and oh god i'm having to like spill my guts and that's and you're already vulnerable anyway so then you've got to be even more on top and it's and it's a hard hard one to navigate especially with nerves and things like that which you know happen all the time
0: yeah, absolutely. I love that advice, though, and I think that'll be so helpful for anyone that's listening and maybe got a character like that coming up. So thank you for sharing that with us.
1: No, you're welcome.
0: Um, So I would love to know, obviously, you've had contracts in the West End and recently you were on tour with Jamie. Mm-hmm. So what are the main differences from having a contract where you're in the West End and you're in one place? to then touring, what are the extra things that you've got to think about and how much does your schedule change when you're on tour?
1: Okay, so I guess the, the first big thing is you've got to find digs. You've got to find places to live. Um, I, I was lucky on Jamie because a really good friend of mine is playing Margaret. So we, we banded together and, and my mate Sharon, who we did, uh, did Scrooge with her a couple of years ago. So the three of us were like, okay, let's get, let's get some accommodation together. So that was really great that we could go and do that. But I, that's a bit of a stress that you don't get in the West End. I guess the big fundamental is, is, is that in the West End, you are in your house at home, you're doing your general life. You're just having your general, you know, day-to-day stuff happening and then you go to work. Whereas on tour, you are in a different place, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly, depending on what those tours are. And you're having to, <laughs> you're having to amuse yourself during the day. Um, to try and think of you know and and sometimes so on a i think with jamie we were doing tuesday to saturday sometimes because it takes a while for the set to get in um so on tuesdays we would rock up at about two o'clock and we'd have a lighting check and we'd just have a spacing check because obviously every single theatre is different some of them have ridiculous rakes you know where the stage is, is literally at an angle so that changes everything in terms of the set especially with jamie's and the desks. So if you're standing on a desk and you're on a rake that completely changes your weight so you're having to get used to all of that and then um lighting checks and all that kind of stuff so we would have to do on that on tuesday then there'd be a matinee on the wednesday and then the thursday and friday i mean the thing i love about touring the most is you get to just see all of these different places whereas you know in the west end as lovely as it is you're you're just going about your daily life you know i mean i miss my husband and my dog of course but also at the same time you get to explore and, and um there's a camaraderie, I think, in in companies when they're on tour. Um interestingly though, with Matilda in town, because you're in rehearsals all the time with kids, especially in kids shows, you're in rehearsals quite a bit. Um, there is that camaraderie there. And don't get me wrong, the West End, you know, there's there's companies that I've been in that I've absolutely and I've had lifelong friends with, but there's something about touring with people that you're you're re- really living. Your everyday life with your cast, you know. So it's really important you get on, and and um, and everyone just gets on with it. And teamwork makes a dream work, I guess.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> bang bang reference for
0: you. <laughs> I love the stagey references. We'll have to keep doing those. <laughs> yes. Keep um, it on a loop. Absolutely, but I I think exactly what you're saying when it when casts are really close, you can really tell even on stage when they've like bonded together that extra level and I suppose all of you living out of a suitcase together is like a a massive kind of you're all in the same boat kind of um experience so in that moment are there things that you go out and do in the morning or is it a lot of do you make time for lots of rest or do you have days where you kind of go out and do things before the shows or does it really depend on what your schedule is and
1: I think it sometimes depends on the schedule but it also depends on how old you are (laughs) (laughs) when I was younger back in the day 37 now so when I was younger back in the day when I used to go on tour I mean I used to go absolutely mad I was having a lovely old time you know going out and going to bars afterwards because I was young enough to do that and some of the Jamie um, kids the ones that play the kids obviously adults but they, they you know they've been going out and having loads of fun whereas you know the oldies we call ourselves we've been going back and having a lovely little glass of wine before bed and all that stuff but occasionally going out and having fun you know that's, I mean, it's, that's an age thing um, but I guess for me I just like I, I love going out and exploring anyway like I love getting up in the morning and what I would prefer to do is get up in the morning, do an activity, go around and see something or go and see a cathedral here and there. The sculpture park in Yorkshire by Sheffield is gorgeous. That, those kind of places. And then I'd like have downtime just before the show. So I'd go to my dressing room and just chill out for an hour before warm up because obviously you've got to be there for warm up for health reasons and insurance reasons. Um, so then everyone would come together at six o'clock for a, for a warm up, which I think is really important, especially for a cast. You know, there's some people I don't see on that stage. If I didn't see them in warm up, I just wouldn't see them, which is really interesting. You know, there's some people I just don't have scenes with and I don't see them. So that's my chance to see them is, is in warm up, which is lovely
0: amazing yeah that sounds like a lot of fun as well like when you're all together yeah, on stage it's
1: hard work it's hard work but it's also fun I think if you, if you have that balance I think yeah you know don't don't go and do something that you know you can't do your job the next day that's just silly Absolutely. you know have have your fun but also know your know your limits and know that at the end of the day it's job Mm-hmm. What, what annoys me sometimes is people go oh yeah you guys you're on stage you do your thing don't you and it's and it's kind of wafted away like it's not hard work it's incredibly hard work <laughs> you work hard you we all go to university yes we're being more active in our university in our in our version of what a university is for us but you know it's 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 really hard work and I think I've come across, especially this year, quite a lot of people who think they're actors because they can read things on a page, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, it's a little bit, it's been a little bit more complicated than that." So, I, I I do think that if anyone who's listening wants to start doing this or is involved in it already, keep going, but know that it's hard work and work hard because it will it will come to fruition for you if you do it, if you respect it in that way,
0: you know. Absolutely, I love that, and I hope that you know, it it's difficult when you're first out there and you want to take advantage of the touring life and the going out and exploring but like you say there's a job to be done and yeah I think it's really difficult for other people to see anyone using the fact that they are on tour as an excuse to go out and do things, so yes, go out and explore, but make sure you have got the energy, you're back in time, you're there for warm up, and you're 100 percent able to focus on the job because mm-hmm. that's a really yeah. tough balance that I think people forget about a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, and it also depends on which character you're playing. You know, with with hedge, you know, for the first time in a very long time, I'm not singing as much in this show, so you know, I could maybe have more of a glass of wine than I would have done if I was singing. Um, it, uh, Adrian Moore was a huge thing for me, so literally there was no drinking during the week at all, and I'd have like a couple of glasses of wine on a Sunday because I knew that I w- I was not able to do my job past that. If I if I'd have gone you know and had a- nights out, I just I just would not be able to do my job. Just wouldn't be able to do it. So there is a huge discipline there. Whereas with Miss Hedge, I, it's 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 a lot more text text involved for me. So. To be honest, I could have more of a glass of wine, whereas Amy, who plays Margaret, has, draws her line at, at what she can do because she's got a big old sing in the show. So you balance it out with the discipline. Everything's so disciplined. You have to be in at five to seven for a show. You have, to be, you have to stay in the building for half an hour. You know, that's part of the whole protocol. You don't just rock up five minutes before a show and whack a wig on and off you go. No, you have to be there for half an hour for your prep. I'm always there an hour before because I... Think half an hour is too, too too little for me, but that's you know. But that we're so disciplined in what we do, and we're very disciplined. Alex Gamond, who played trunch ball when I was there a couple of years ago, Alex would would like come in about two hours before the show, get himself prepped up, do his own vocal, do his own physical. Then after the show, after he would just on trunch, which is you know mammoth task, he would be he would be um, warming down for half an hour afterwards then he'd leave because he knew that that was how he maintained doing that job.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's important to acknowledge what role you play and how much you have to contribute in that role. And then also knowing your own body as well. Like I know I've got several places in my body that need to warm up more. Because I don't want yes. to injure them because they're they You wait are my age, babe. loads more. <laughs> but it's very important, I think, for performers to realise that while there are set routines and set disciplines, you also need your discipline and your self-discipline of what you need to do before the show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a pre-show routine or do you kind of just get there in plenty of time and get in the zone? Or is there something that you actually, like are there steps that you follow every day?
1: Um, again it's different for each character. Um so for instance with Adrian Mole, because it was such a big thing, I would be there at least two hours before. I'd be doing bubbling. Don't know really bubbling is with a straw and with water, just waking everything up a little bit calmly. I'm not i I'm not a massive um big warm-upper before a show, especially if I've got a big old thing, because I it'll be exhausted by the end. So I take my time and, and just do my do my own technical exercises that work for me. Um each person has different things. I don't eat tomatoes. I can't eat tomatoes.
0: That's <laughs> such a random food.
1: Isn't it random? It's so random. I can't do it because um I have really bad acid reflux. So some people mm-hmm. have it with dairy and chocolate. I don't, which I'm thrilled about. <laughs> Uh, But for me, it's tomatoes. (laughs) Like, it cuts out my voice. The acid does something. So I can't have tomatoes. Definitely can't have that. Um, But yeah, it depends on each. It it depends on different characters. So with with Miss Hedge, for instance, as long as I'm in the building an hour before and I'm just settled and I could just go through, you know, I tend to just try and treat. The the thing is about doing eight shows a week is you've got to make each one fresh for yourself. Mm. Otherwise, the audience aren't getting the right quality of stuff you know so I think all of us our job is to recreate every single day And um, but that mustn't be confused with trying to recreate the same thing every single day I think some people yeah. get in oh I had such a good show and I really felt it last night I'm going to recreate that well you can't because you've had a different day and it's a different audience it's a different vibe so I'm a big believer in in almost the miser technique of just reacting as it goes rather than um, being set in my ways um, and the same thing goes with my um, warm-ups I think, it just depends on what I need, what I know I need to do but one one little thing that I do have is my little thing is, it sounds really silly but every time I do a new show I um, every time I finish a new show, a show I'll stand on the stage and I'll just thank the theatre and I'll leave because <laughs> you never know when you, you never know if it's the last time you'll ever be on one. You know, you should keep yourself humble in that way because life's you know exactly exactly what's happened with this pandemic. Life's crazy, so I always have to the last night of a show. I'll always just stand on the theatre and just do my own little thank you. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but in my head, I just go thank you and I leave. That's mm-hmm. a little tick that I have.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so um easy when you're caught up in a job that is amazing and you love but those grateful moments we sometimes take it as our day job and um, bringing ourselves back down to realize how lucky we are to do things like this is massive and I hope that the one thing positive thing that we take away from this pandemic is how grateful we are to get to do what we get to do
1: yeah I mean we're not brain surgeons but I think we are, we do change people's lives in, in a lot of ways. And that's not, that's not a, um, I'm not saying I change people's lives. I'm just saying <laughs> that the industry, you know, when you go and see a piece of theatre or you watch a movie or you, you know, you go and see physical theatre, whatever floats your boat, a ballet, an opera, it affects you. You know, and, it, and for some people it can be really, really deeply life changing. You know, someone might be in a really bad place, and for two hours you take them away from something that's really bad in their lives, and then they come back and they feel refreshed and a bit rejuvenated. Or, or you watch a piece of theatre that makes you think, and you go, "Wow, I didn't think, I didn't think anything of that subject." So let's go and let's go and have a coffee and chat about what that subject's about. You know, there's lots of really interesting, um, yeah, there's lots of really interesting things that come out of it, and I think we've missed it. We've all missed it this year.
0: Absolutely. I know I really have, but I can't wait oh, to get back in it. huge. Yeah. So while we're on that subject, obviously, in the last year, there have been so many changes to the industry. And after yesterday's announcement, I think everyone's feeling really hopeful about the reopening of theatres and productions. But... Is there anything you think performers should be prepared for with the industry soon, hopefully, restarting again? What do you think the main changes are going to be and how should performers prepare for those moving forward?
1: I think from uh, from what's been happening the last couple of months, I think self-tapes are a lot more of a thing now, especially for musical theatre. Um, so I think having... Self-tape experience and knowledge is really important. Um, My husband works in, my husband's an actor and a writer, but he also, when he's on his side job, he works for a casting company for commercials and he's been doing so many of that. There's loads of Zoom interviews, although I I kind of think it's going to be more self-tape than Zoom interviews. I just don't think that's going to be a thing, especially for musical theatre. For TV, it might be. But I think self-tapes are a real, um, a real thing that's happening. Whereas before, I mean, I would have, I think I've only ever done part before this year. I think I've only ever done about three self-tapes in about 15 years. You know, it wasn't a thing. Whereas I think now they've realized, actually, we could kind of do a first round without anyone having to buy a train ticket. You know, I think there's going to be a balance there as well for people. You know, because travel's expensive and going in for a first round is expensive. So they might, what they might do is go, we're going to have the first rounds on a self-tape and we'll go from there. Um, And there's pros and cons to that, I guess. You don't get to meet them, which is a bit annoying. But at the same time, you do get to stress out over and over again for hours upon hours to get it right. (laughs) So you make sure that you're happy with what you did for that first round. Uh, But yes, I think that's going to be a change. I think also... um, I think there's a, a, quite a lot of people who have left the business and done something else. You know, there's a gap now, I think, which is which is sad, but also, um, I guess, positive for those people because they feel that they want to move on. And I think also it's good because there's a gap of fresh blood coming in. You know, everyone is very, very behind graduates and very, very much behind new, fresh talent because that's what drives theatre forward you know so I think I think um those are the changes I can think of at the moment um you yeah I think those are the things I mean I can't think of anything past that because obviously I'm not back in it yet so I, I don't quite know what's going on but I know the self-tape thing is, is definitely going to be a thing I think
0: yeah definitely I think that also production companies have worked out that they don't have to pay for audition rooms and things like that which cuts the cost down quite a lot exactly
1: and it helps, you know. It kind of helps everyone out. And the the other thing, actually, that has just come to mind is a friend of mine had an audition in person. I think it was in September when everything was kind of semi not locked down. Um, and um, she couldn't do she couldn't do the time that she was given, so because she was working and she needed the work. The work and they were a lot more like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry, we'll change the times. So I think everyone's a bit more. On that side, a bit more kind of like, oh, yeah, we need to mix. If we can, we can change times for people because people have got other jobs now, Um, which is great. I think that's brilliant. And that was kind of happening anyway. But I do think that 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 is, um, I think some performers used to be scared of going, I can't do that time because I've got a job. Can we make it five o'clock instead or 10 o'clock in the morning? Or, you know, and I think people are now a little bit more like, is it possible? Cause I've got this job. <laughs> mm. I've got no money because there's a pandemic. Mm. Can I change it to five o'clock? And they go, yeah, we'll try, we'll try and make it work. And if it doesn't get, if it doesn't work, let's do a different day or, you know, all of that stuff. I think, I think people are, I think people have, have chilled out a bit and just, and just, I'm hoping that, you know, there's going to be more of a collaboration between, uh, those two sort of um don't know what the word is what i'm trying to say you know what i mean
0: yeah
1: (laughs) there's more collaboration between casting directors and agents and actors together rather than it being frightened to say to a casting director i can't do that time
0: absolutely and i hope that you know again from this pandemic we've all shown that we come together in this industry and make it as Better and as passionate as we can make it at the time that we're in, so hopefully yeah. that carries forward and that feeling of working together and all being in the same. Oh, boat. I think it's going to be better. I
1: think I think it's going to be amazing. I really do. I think it's going to be people that first day. I mean, we've spoken about it. at The Jamie cast when we zoom, we have a little zoom meeting sometimes. We're literally like, oh my god, because you know the end of Jamie is out of the darkness into the spotlight. I mean, it's not going to be a dry eye in the house.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But we've,
1: We've got a drag queen called Mary Mack, who, I mean, he won't mind me saying, but I mean, God, he cries at anything. I mean, He cries at, like, you know, Antiques Roadshow, so God knows <laughs> what he's like. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I think it's going to be the most incredible feeling, I think.
0: Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the audience are going to love being back, the cast and crew. Like, everyone's back in work. Oh, it'll be amazing. It'll be gold. so good. gold it will be. So um, if there are any aspiring performers listening to this episode who are wanting to go out in the industry or maybe they've just graduated and are starting out and they've not had the easiest start graduating into a pandemic or maybe someone's just ready to get stuck into their performing career, what would be your biggest advice to give to them?
1: Okay. Um, be prepared is my big one. Be prepared. Um don't ever take for granted that you might know a song. Oh, yeah, I kind of know that song and then look at it the day before. Make sure you are absolutely on your material. And um, Sometimes you don't have as much time in between your your rounds to get material going, but definitely make sure that first round is on it um, because it will take away the nerves. And nerves are a thing. I still get nervous. Everyone gets nervous. Nerves are a thing, but nerves will get even worse if you're not prepared. You know, there's, there's people... When I've been on audition panels before i've sat there and gone they're not prepared they didn't do it they didn't do the work so now they're literally shaking like a leaf and also people do suffer with nerves anyway even if they are prepared so make sure you're prepared as much as you possibly can be and that'll that'll kind of cinch the nerves in a little bit my other thing is learn to love the word no (laughs) it's a thing (laughs) it's a thing Learn to love it, learn to, you know, part of the thing that was never really spoken about when I was at um, college and, and coming into this world is is that no is a thing, like rejection is a thing, but people see it as a negative and I see it as a positive because that's the only way you can see it because it is a part of your life you know, and I used to get down to the last two for the things and then just be really horrible to myself and go, I didn't get it. I wasn't good enough. And, you know, and then actually I ended up um, just kind of taking a moment and going, actually, the very fact that you got to the last two for a part, (laughs) is, and it was 50-50, it was between you and someone else. That's amazing. Whether you got the job or not is is an entirely different thing. Of course, yeah, of course you'd love it and all that stuff. But at the same time, you've gotta you've gotta be really kind. You know, if you get past the first round, clap yourself and say, Well done me. Second round, well done me. If you get to the final of something, you know, I had 15 finals in a year and didn't get one of them. Fifteen. <laughs> you know, but the next year was amazing for me, you know, and and the reason and actually I wouldn't have had what I've had career wise if that had actually happened for me. So I thank the Lord it didn't, because it wasn't meant for me. And I'm a big, strong believer in that. And also going, I'm on the right track because they want me. They just, it just, the jigsaw puzzle just didn't work out for me at that point. But that's not to do with your talent or your hard work. That's to do with a jigsaw puzzle, which, you know, that's what happens in this industry. You know, you go, we've got someone who's six foot. We need someone who's five foot ten. Well, Laura's five foot four. Well, she's out. See you later. Anyway. You know, and it moves. You know, because it, it, it can be that brutal, it can be that blunt, but also it's incredible. You, but you have incredible highs and incredible lows. And as long as you're, as long as you're kind of um, kind to yourself mentally, and know that you did the best that you can do, then let the universe do it because the universe knows what it's talking about. I'm telling you now. I've had jobs where I've been devastated I haven't got them, and then the job after is the job that changed my life.
0: you know so
1: yeah it's worth just being super kind to yourself and be really prepared and just yeah and just chill go to your audition do your thing then go and meet your friend for coffee forget about it don't dwell but we all do it by the way I'm saying this and I do it too I'll I'll dwell about it as well so I have to I have to tell myself sometimes to go don't dwell about it just put it away go and meet your friend and just you know it's it's um It's hard. It's hard. Like I said, it's hard work. And that's one of the things that is quite hard about it is the rejection side of it. But um, it's exciting and it's and people see your talent. People know. And I've had jobs where I've gone into an audition and I've done a cracking audition and gone, oh, my God, I did it so well. Didn't get the role. And then I've seen a casting director at, at something and they've gone, oh, my God, you were fantastic. We love you. Great. Can't wait to get you in one of our shows. And you're like, oh, great, perfect. So you will always know that that person logs you, logs you in. You might just not be right for that show. And that's okay. That's all right.
0: Absolutely. That is amazing advice. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to come on and have a chat and spread your wisdom and um, talk with us.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. And I think the world's going to be... Yeah, we're, we're looking hopeful now. <laughs> yeah. To the 21st or maybe just after, who knows?
0: Who knows? But when it comes back, it'll come back stronger it comes than ever. It's coming back. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, well, Laura, a massive thank you for coming on today's show. I would like to thank all the listeners at home for listening to this episode. I've been your host, Bethany and Wynn, and this has been Performer Talks.